Well, Mama, it is a new week, which means today I have a new episode of the podcast for you. And this is part one of two, talking hormones and period cycles, all the thing with my beautiful friend, Rosie Noni. There is so much in this episode. It is actually amazing. So Rosie, to start with, shares about how she got into being so passionate about women's health, her confrontation with lifestyle-induced diseases. We go through all about our medical system and why that isn't actually catering to women at the moment. We talk about PMS, different phases of our cycle. We talk about so much. There is so much jam-packed and this is only part one of two. So I am so excited to bring this to you. If you want to get in touch with Rosie, make sure you follow her social media at Rosie Nerny. And I'll, of course, do all the links in the show notes for you as well. But wait no further. Here is part one with Rosie. Welcome to the Wholesome Mama Show. I'm Elise and I'm on a mission to help women break free of feeling stuck in survival mode and enjoy motherhood again, even through the tough seasons. When I became a new mum, I felt lost, confused and didn't know my calling beyond motherhood or even if I had one. The last few years have been a journey of finding myself again, becoming well from the inside out and figuring out how to enjoy this time with my little ones. John 10.10 says that we are called to a full, abundant life, and I know that that includes us mothers. Join me here for conversations around living with intention, simplifying our homes, holistic health, including quitting the tox, how to really walk in faith in today's world, conscious parenting and marriage, and so much more. So mama, if you've been finding life stressful and overwhelming lately, I'm here for you and I'm so glad that you are here too. Let's take a moment, grab a cup of tea or a glass of bubbles and let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by my absolute favorite kit for the woman who wants to get rid of the chemicals in her home. Did you know that so many of our household products are full of synthetics that are actually no good for our health? From our spray and wipe to our laundry detergents, soaps, and so much more. And this starter kit makes the switch so much easier. We can switch to a super simple, low-tox life. And if you want more details and you're ready to get started, then make sure you check out the show notes for product details. Well, Rosie, thank you so much for coming on the Wholesome Mama show. To get us started, would you mind introducing yourself, uh, what you do, and particularly why you're so passionate about women's health? Thank you for having me. I'm very, very happy to share this time with you and your community. Um, So my name's Rosie. I am a mother of four little girls aged from my youngest is four and my eldest is 12. Um, I am trained as a holistic health coach and I'm also trained in uh, neuro-linguistic programming. I am super, super passionate about coaching women. I love coaching women. I'm very, very results driven. If it doesn't get results, I'm not really interested in it. Um, So I work with women to help them remove a lot of emotional blocks that they have um, and make better choices health-wise 
physically, emotionally, spiritually in their life. Um, I also have a business with doTERRA essential oils, uh, which has been one of the greatest gifts in my life. Um, and the reason I'm so passionate about women's health specifically, health in general and empowering women is because, well, two reasons. So uh, my mum got early onset dementia when I was 17 and when she was 48. So um, basically by the time I was, oh, by the time I had my first baby, so I was 23 when I had her, she, my mum was in a nursing home and she'd forgotten, she'd started, to, like she forgot my birthday, she started to forget who my daughter was, um, that she was a grandma, like all that kind of stuff, because that's what dementia does. And so 48 for dementia is very young. <laughs> and her disease was diagnosed as lifestyle induced, which little 23 year old me was like, what does that even mean? Because uh, I was not healthy. I was not like I am today at all. Uh, I was very, you know, I thought going and getting some frozen veggies and a packet of frozen chicken Kievs and mashing some potato was like that was healthy. I was like nailing it, right? When I was doing that. People who know me now would hear me say that and be like, I literally can't even imagine you buying something out of a packet, let alone feeding it to your family. <laughs> um, so it's change is totally possible. I am an example of that. But when they told us that it was lifestyle induced, I was like, well, what does that even mean? And they said, well, you know, factors in her lifestyle has contributed to it. And I was like, so if she changed her lifestyle, then she wouldn't have it. That's what you're telling me. They were like, well, you know, yeah, it can, if you don't have those things in your lifestyle, you don't get these diseases. And so I was like, oh my God. So I could have my mum here. If there were different choices that were made, my mum could be here, my kids could have a grandma and I wouldn't be doing, you know, my journey as a mother without my mother. And she was an incredible mum. So that kind of put me on the health and wellness path from that point onwards. I was like, right, what causes dementia? Then that led me to like heavy metals, which led me to like, that was Pandora's box popped open right so then I was looking into everything especially aluminium because aluminium um aluminium and mercury are the big ones that are found in people's brains that have dementia so I was like right I need to find that stuff and I need to never let it into my life and then I was like oh my god it's in deodorant oh my god it's in toothpaste I was like oh my god like I was that kid that had you know the impulse sprays you know the impulse yeah I was like they were in my school bag I was like dousing myself in like deodorant and making myself like smell beautiful um that was me I, anything that came in a can or a spray bottle that the ads on tv said you're a good person if you use this I was the best customer because I went and bought it all so to go from that and then basically realize that you're just being fed rubbish by advertisers and stuff like that I was I can still remember a day where I was like oh my God, is anything the truth? Like, is anything that I've seen on TV, is any of the ads true? Like, do any of those products actually help you or is literally everything poisoning you? So that led me on my health journey. But in the midst of losing my mum, I was in a um, really toxic um, DV marriage. Uh, I was losing myself. I had severe postnatal depression twice. My lowest point was when I was planning my own suicide. And so I was just, and I pulled myself out of that through an 
absolute truckload of um, personal development work and going from a place that is so incredibly dark to a place where I'm at now where I just have like confidence and enthusiasm for life and I genuinely like love who I am not in like an egotistical way but like I love who I am I love my body like and I genuinely want to care about myself and I was the complete opposite like nine years ago um so doing having that change for me I was just like I want to help other people I want to help like other women because women are just silenced so much um and women have this it's like this cultural unspoken thing especially with mums um and my mum was very much like this where you take care of everyone else except yourself like you're always last and what I learned with my mum is if she just put herself first then I might have a mum today and so that's what I say like when I'm talking to people about their health and making choices and stuff like that I don't talk about going to your kids sport game like next weekend I say, do you want to be there when your daughter has a baby? Mm. Do you want to be there when your kids are getting married? If they choose to do that, do you want to see them like grow up and become adults and be the kind of who, whatever they're going to do in the world? Do you want to see that? Like I work with people and take them to the long-term vision, not the next week vision, because yeah. the choices you're making today are going to determine whether you're there to see your kids get married or to see them graduate or like whatever it is they're going to do, you know, maybe they'll invent the next Facebook, please God, someone come and do that. But you know, what if that's your kid and what is, what if you've made the choices to ignore signs in your body, to let yourself be consumed by emotional like negativity and stuff like that. And because of that, you get sick and you can't be there. Mm. Right. Like I, people, And like, I get that you don't actually grasp that unless you've been through it, but I grasp it so much and I'm good at relaying that to people. Like, and I'm not scared of saying it either. Like I will look people dead in the eye and say, what you're doing right now is going to jeopardize whether you're going to be there for your kids when you're older. I'm a kid that's living with that. Stop. Like, I just, I don't fluff around with it because I wish to God someone had have done that to my mum. So I treat every every woman that I work with and every mother, I mainly work with mums, I treat them as the way I wish someone would have treated my mum because I never want their children to feel what I'm feeling. Because um, yeah. it's not, once you have a disease like that, like it's all over, you don't get another chance. So that's my story. That's where I got her out. And that's why I'm so passionate about women's health. Yeah, wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know I've heard, you share that story before but I think it's amazing that you can turn your situation of being confronted with like as a young girl being confronted with it was her choices and the fact that everyone has these choices so but you've been able to turn that around to okay well I'm going to help every single woman I can to make better choices. So yeah, that's just amazing. You know, and that that's pain though. That's, mm. well, you know, when you're, when you feel pain, you can either do one of two things. It will consume you and you will just continue to spiral down and down and down and down, or you can feel it and you can recognize that it's the most horrible feeling in the whole world. Um, especially grief um, in relation to someone that you really love when you lose them and 
you can use that then to motivate you to go out and make change in the world. Like, and I look at some of the people that inspire me the most, um, like Tony Robbins. Uh, he's a international coach. If anyone's listening that doesn't follow him, I highly recommend following him. He's amazing. Um, and he was like brutally abused by his mother when he was a child, like beaten to like a pulp basically. Um, and because of the suffering he went through, he has used that pain and gone, I'm going to help so many people heal so that kids aren't growing up like I did. And so that adults aren't growing up like my mom did, mm. you know, so you can go one of two ways. One of my friends um, shared a really just, just a cool um, analogy, I guess, with me. And she was like, it's a story of um, two brothers and they grew up and they both had a father that was an alcoholic and one grew up to be like sober and inspiring others to not do it. And the other one grew up to be an alcoholic, just like his father. And when they were both asked the question, how did you end up on the path that you're on? Their, their answer was both the same. And it was, well, how could I not? Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're either looking at it and going, that's my history. So naturally, I'm just going to be like my dad. My dad's an alcoholic, so I'm going to be an alcoholic. It's just how it is. Or you choose the other path and it's my dad was an alcoholic. I'm never, ever going to. I'm, I'm the person that where it stops. Mm. I'm the person in my family that is breaking that chain. And I work with chain breakers, cycle breakers. That's like, those are the kind of people that I want to be around. The ones that are like where the buck stops with them. And they're like, yeah, you know what? This did happen in my family history and I'm changing that. Yeah. So much can be changed by choice. Like 75% of disease that is in the world at the moment is lifestyle induced. Mm. Like it's just, that's 75% of sick people don't need to be sick. Yeah. It's massive, right? So yeah, that's why I'm where I'm at and as passionate as what I am. Yeah. And it's so important to, we could talk about this. This isn't even what we're really talking about today, but we could talk about this forever. Um, but it's important to like, how you just said, 75% of diseases and sickness in the world is lifestyle induced. And, but it's important for us, those figures are so hidden because uh, money talks and they don't want us to know what decisions are actually causing all the diseases and sickness, but once you become aware, it is it is like Pandora's box. You just, oh boy, a whole new whole new world. Totally. Well, you look. Let's get on track, and I'll bring I'll bring that into women's health, right? So let's get back on track. So no people want to listen to this, and they're like, "Tell me about my cycles, damn it!" <laughs> okay, so let's dive into that. So um, autoimmune diseases, right? Another statistic. So eighty percent of people in the world that have autoimmune diseases are women right wow. and women are struggling with autoimmune diseases so the majority of autoimmune diseases are triggered by a hormonal issue first right something will come up with their thyroid something will come up with you know endometriosis or, or like whatever which then triggers you into um, a hormonal uh, uh, an autoimmune disease um, so the majority of people that are seeing um, medical practitioners and stuff are women right and an incredible statistic behind that is um, so uh, medicines drugs all that kind of stuff that are developed the majority of them are studied on men 
So of, of, an, of like a normal clinical trial that's done on drugs, um, it's probably, if it's a good clinical trial, it's 80% men, 20% women. Uh, but when they choose women to be in the clinical trial, they choose women that are either in the first half of their cycle, and I'll explain why, um, or women that are post-menopause. Because when we're in our cycles, our hormones fluctuate completely like a, we do like a completely different hormonal cycle over 28 days. Drugs are not designed to fluctuate with our hormones. Okay. So drugs are designed to operate when we don't have progesterone in our body. So what happens in our cycle, we have four different phases of our cycle. So uh, menstruation is the first one because it's, it's easiest to start a cycle from the first day that you bleed. So menstruation is the beginning of your cycle um, in the medical world. Then after you finish bleeding, you go into your follicular phase. So your follicular phase is where you have a hormone called estrogen and it starts to rise and it starts to peak. So if you want to know estrogen, think energy, EE. Estrogen equals energy, right? So estrogen is the one that is getting your body energized, that is prepping your um, ovaries, that is sending messages down to get the egg ready to be released. Estrogen is the one that gives you energy, that helps you glow, that helps you feel really good. Um, so estrogen's peaking. Right at the peak when you're ovulating, another hormone comes in and this goes into phase this, the next phase, which is ovulation. So ovulate, so follicular is about seven, seven to 10 days. Well, no, not even 10 days, like maybe even five to eight days follicular. Then you go into ovulation, which is um, day, like you go um like three to five days depending on your cycle um and when you're in ovulation testosterone comes and joins the party so t so this is the way i remember it. so e for estrogen is energy t for testosterone is time to party so testosterone is your male hormone right so it comes in when we want action classic male um, so testosterone and estrogen come together time. We've got energy and time to party. We're ovulating. We're feeling amazing. Energy's high. And then right after ovulation, we move into the next phase of our cycle, which is called your luteal phase. So what happens then is your estrogen starts to decline and your testosterone drops altogether, right? So you've got none of that like motivation to want to go out and socialize or party or stay up or like all that kind of stuff. And your estrogen, which is your energy hormone um, is dropping because the purpose of estrogen is to get you ready for like for ovulation and to get like, like all of that happening. And then it's like, okay, we've done that now. Now we're going to drop out. Um, <clears throat> So when estrogen's dropping out, a new hormone uh, comes in called progesterone. So P equals peaceful, right? So progesterone is actually the hormone where you should be feeling really level-headed, really peaceful, really calm, where you've got, you just feel really grounded. And when progesterone is surging through your body, um, you will naturally feel like wanting to complete tasks. You'll just be like, okay, I want to get stuff done. I want to tidy stuff up, blah, blah, blah. So when it comes to drugs and stuff like that, drug companies can't make drugs that fluctuate with women's hormones. So they pick a phase, which is the first phase because it's the drugs are easiest um, to help women in the first phase of their cycle, right? The second phase um, 
there's not there is very 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 little i would say let's just say if there's like a hundred percent of data i would say there's there's like 0.5 percent of data that is done in a progesterone phase right there's like nothing out there um and this is why and there's statistics out there that prove this as well there's a really good book i've got called invisible women um, by caroline Criado Perez. Um, it's basically a whole book on um, the gender data gap and just how much data we are missing in relation to women. There's a whole chapter on women's health. And I honestly don't know how any woman could read that chapter and then feel comfortable going to a doctor's and taking drugs again. Um, because we're not in the studies. We're just not. Um, and it's why so many women, and it says it in that chapter as well, so many women have, um, re women have more reactions to drugs than men women have more reactions to like any pharmaceutical product than men do because it is not studied on women. And there is even less studies that are done on pregnant women. Um, and that was due to the, um, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but that drug that was given to pregnant women in the 70s um, and it took 10,000 babies being born with deformities before they pulled it, right? Horrific. So women are having all these problems with their hormones and with their cycles, because like when I say to people, okay, progesterone, you should be feeling really peaceful. People are like, what? The same, like when I'm PMSing, like you're telling me I've got a hormone going through my body and I shouldn't be having PMS. And I'm saying, yes, if your cycle is healthy, you will not have PMS. You will not have, like, you might get a little bit of bloating uh, because that's just naturally your uterus is expanding. It's filling up. Um, with like the lot, the blood lining is filling up in your uterus. And then when it's getting ready to shed, shed. So when you're getting ready to menstruate, progesterone drops out, estrogen drops out. And that is when you're menstruating, your hormones are at the absolute lowest that they will, they are throughout your whole cycle. The reason why women are having so many problems with their health is because their hormones are not being addressed at all. Like when you go to a GP, do they sit there and say, so tell me about your cycle. Tell me about your hormones. What's happening? No, they don't. Because another thing, they're not trained in it. You have to go and do specific uh, female training, which is only like, like it's only like one um, semester's worth of training in your whole medical degree if you want to be a GP on women's bodies, right? When you actually look into this data and you understand it as a woman, it's just like, oh, my God. But... The only way to get on top of this stuff is to self-educate. That's it. it. It doesn't matter where you go. The school system, the education system, the medical system, it's not going to teach you. If you want to know this stuff, you have to go and look for it yourself. So I've talked about like the four phases of your cycle. And I know another one of your questions from uh, your community was, what are the signs of hormonal imbalance? Um, PMS, any PMS symptoms? signs of a hormonal imbalance um, these can all be fixed very very easily by lifestyle changes so by changing when you exercise by still eating the same foods but just changing when you're eating them because different foods mimic different hormones in your body um, so let's just say and this is a really really um, common one with pms right so if you're getting pms right there's something going wrong with your hormones so the way I like to describe it is if estrogen is dropping, right? So estrogen's been on tour for two weeks, just had a really big ovulation party. And now estrogen's like, right, I've been like peaking for two weeks. I need to have a rest. Maybe you're having eggs for breakfast every single day. Eggs mimic estrogen. So you've got estrogen that's trying to drop and then you're eating food that's pumping it up. 
and progesterone's coming in and saying it's all right estrogen like i've got this but you keep eating food that's boosting it and so you're having this conflict happening because you're eating food that is creating more of this hormone in your body when the hormone is naturally trying to decrease and so then you start getting all these symptoms so like I had seven symptoms of PMS before I learned this information. Um, and I'm like super healthy, right? And But I still had all these symptoms. And as soon as I aligned my lifestyle with my cycle, so eating certain proteins at different times of my cycle, ex- exercise is huge. If women knew this information, none of them would go to F45s every single day for their whole cycle. would never happen because exercising like that in the second half of your cycle will actually cause weight gain. It will cause hormonal imbalance and it will cause irregular periods. Like, but personal trainers don't even know this again, because the data isn't out there to teach them. Like every personal trainer that you go to every gym studio that you go to, someone should be saying to you, what's on, what's going on with your cycle. Did you know that when you have your periods, high impact training is really not good for you. Did you know that the week before your periods, high impact training is not good for you? You need to choose the slower classes and just do strength training. Did you know when you've got your periods, napping should be an exercise, right? Like it, there's just so much stuff that I think if we actually all sit back and intuitively like feel into our bodies, we're like, what do we want to do when we've got our periods? Naturally, we just want to rest. Yeah. But we have this society saying, don't let your periods stop you from doing this. Go out. You can still go to the gym. You can still do that. You can still do this. And then our periods end and we're still burnt out and tired. And it's because we are literally living against the way our bodies work. Mm. Um, so doing that, so like signs of hormonal imbalance, um, mood swings, headaches, um, weight gain, um, nausea or anything like that coming up to your periods clotting um in your periods a cycle that is not between 28 and 30 days um if you like either side of that it's not good if it's longer um especially if you're looking to get pregnant you need to get some um professional advice because it um impacts the quality of your eggs and the quality of your eggs are going to determine the health of your child um, so if you have a long cycle, I would be getting that sorted before you go trying to have a baby. One of the ladies that I've worked with, um, she did my program and her cycle was, I think it was like 40 days and she like changed her food and everything like that. And she got it back down to, I think 29, 30 days and then felt pregnant. She said, that's why I did it. She said, because I just wanted to get my cycle sorted and then she felt pregnant. So she was like, I don't need your program anymore. <laughs> she's like, I'm out for two years. I'm pregnant, breastfeeding, see ya. <laughs> yeah, wow. Thank you so much for explaining that. That's really eye-opening into how much we as women don't even know what's going on with our bodies. Mm-hmm. Like I think okay. a lot of people's mindset is, well, I get my period every month. So that's that. And if yeah, I like, my, like most women I talk to, like, especially when I start working with them, they're like, oh, I actually don't track my cycle. I just kind of know when my periods are coming. And I'm like, because it's actually being declared now that our, our cycle, our period is now a woman's fifth vital sign. So your vital signs are something that you go, like if you were in an, 
emergency or you go to the hospital or whatever, what do they do? They check your body temperature, your pulse rate, your respiration rate, which is your breathing rate, and then your blood pressure, okay? So this is part of your vital signs as a human. As a woman, we have five vital signs and our period is our fifth vital sign because what is going on with your period is going to determine your, it's an indication, sorry, not a determination. It's an indication of your overall health. So if you have hormonal problems, you are going to have health problems. That's just how it is. Um, and so stuff that I've learned in relation to my mum, she had horrific periods like she basically hemorrhaged every time she had a period. She had migraines, like piercing migraines where she'd have to go to bed for like two days. When she had a period, she was like heavily medicated for all that kind of stuff. And I just thought it was normal. I was just like, oh, well, I'm just going to bleed like a tank when, when I get my periods. And I didn't. Um, my sister is more like my mom's. She's had more trouble with her, um, with her periods and hormones like that. Um, but she, her dementia started to kick in when she was 48. What else is happening at 48? You're going into menopause. So all those hormones are changing and then boom, like mm -hmm. the dementia starts and knowing what I know now, like women have a very small window. It's not small, but it is small to get their hormones in check. Because if you don't get, if you go into menopause and you have got, you have had an unhealthy cycle, your risk for ovarian cancer, breast cancer, any autoimmune disease, dementia is like through the roof. Wow. Absolutely through the roof. So if you don't get on top, you have the window to get it sorted before you have your periods, uh, sorry, before you go into menopause. And once you go into menopause, whatever damage was done in that phase, you're going to have to live with that for the rest of your life. Like this is why it's so important. Like my mom has had dementia now. She is 67 she's still alive. Like, it's just insane. Her, like longevity is in our family. Like even when your brain is like basically dead, like hers is. Um, so she has been alive now from 48 to 67, right? So next year will be 20 years. Mm. She, it's more than half my life that she has had dementia. And that is a consequence of not getting her health sorted before she got into to um before she hit menopause mm. right reading what i've read knowing what i know i'm like 100 percent sure that her hormones contributed to her getting dementia or her, her hormone imbalance rather um so it's just like i if if the medical system was designed to cater to women I would see a system that when a woman first walked into a doctor's office, the first question that they would be asked is, tell me about your cycle. Yeah. That would be it. Because if you go, like even depression and stuff like that, it's like if your hormones are out, that, like, that should be the first place that people go to investigate what's going on with women. And then after that, then you look at the other things that are going on. Because if more than like nine times out of 10, you get a woman's hormones right, everything else will be right. Mm. Yeah. Well, even as someone who has had, so I have had endometriosis in the past. Um, yeah, no GP asked me about cycles, asked me about like, what are you using perfume? Are you using deodorant? Like mm. nothing. It's here's, here's your pain meds, off you go. 
All right, mama. So that was part one of two. Make sure you join us next week for the second half of this conversation. And trust me, it is just as good. And I know you're probably thinking, I need to re-listen to that with a pen and paper because it was just full of so much gold. So make sure you join us next week for part two of our conversation. I'm so excited to bring that to you then. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of The Wholesome Mama Show. I pray that you're blessed by this conversation. And if you did get something out of today's episode, I would love for you to take a moment, leave a review, subscribe, and even share this episode on your socials. And please don't forget to tag me at Wholesome Mama. And also, did you know that we have a community that is fully based around conversations happening in this podcast? Search on Facebook, The Wholesome Mama Community, and I will see you in there. Let's share the love and light and help more women to thrive.